Welcome, and thank you for tuning in. For Muhammad, I am Matt, and together he and I are traversing the muddied waters of freedom. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right, and I'm ready to do episode three. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, first and always, we would like to thank Low Tide Kava Bar for the kava that we have been uh, graciously been given for this episode. And uh, just if you happen to be in Florida at, and St. Pete region, swing by Low Tide tonight because they're doing an excellent benefit for Hannah's Homeless, which is a excellent... Uh, organization here yeah, it's like a non-profit a little non-profit that uh, does some great work for the homeless people here in mm -hmm. uh saint pete so if you happen to be around please feel free to stop by um today we're going to start out with uh aleppo and what's aleppo yeah what is what is aleppo <laughs> um but there is actually great news coming out of aleppo uh this week uh, Aleppo has been taken back from ISIS, which is just fantastic news, but it has been taken back from ISIS by Assad and the Russians, so it's okay news? Bad news? I don't really... It, years ago, Julie Borowski said uh, you have Assad and his men fighting ISIS and their followers, and it's just too bad groups fighting each other, and I have always tended to agree with that. But, I mean, with, uh, with the Russians taking over now, that means maybe the Christians are going to... No, they're not. No, they're all... They're, they're all, not good. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, they're, all, they're all bad over there. They're, they're all bad over there. Yeah. So, it is, it is a terrible travesty with uh, child children hospitals being bombed. Yep. And yeah. the yeah. footage from that was just gut-wrenching. Um... But uh, they, they did – ISIS has been pushed out of Aleppo, yeah. which is fantastic. Or not. <laughs> or not. But, ICE, uh, but at the same time, Assad has now regained control, and that's not great news. Yeah. It, it doesn't um, – it doesn't it, – there's no cause for celebration there. Um, I don't – they're all bad. Thing is, this all started – for a few reasons, one of them being, you know, originally there was the uprising from the Arab Spring a couple of years ago. I was actually still in the military when that was going on. Uh, I remember because I, I, I think it was after, it might have been after PT one morning, and I was in the DFAC, and then... Nobody knows what the DFAC oh, is. Oh, <laughs> um, PT, they can probably wrap their minds okay, around I was, I was... After my morning exercises <laughs> and, and the dining facility, there you go. <laughs> I completely forgot. <laughs> um, uh, I was getting breakfast day and, I, and my friends pointed at the news. Um, uh, they were showing me that you know all the, the Egyptians were down in Tahrir Square, which is called Independence Square. Uh, that's in, in Arabic, um, like revolting against uh, President Mubarak. Um, I mean, originally it's, it, it sparked from. Uh, a couple of people that burned themselves. A lot of people burned, set themselves on fire in Tunisia. And then the, like the last one was like the, uh, the straw that broke the camel's back sort of thing. And then the entire region went into sort of a revolutionary phase that pretty much, um, failed in most of the region. Um, and is still ongoing now. Um, what's going on in Syria now is an extension of what's going on. That's why Syria has this war going on because people are like, well, we don't like Assad. Um, and the Assad family has been in power 
just as long as you know the about just as long as Mubarak had been or Gaddafi over in Libya. Um, so that's that's where a lot of this stuff comes from. Um, a lot of it, though, like ISIS specifically, or if you want to piss them off, call them Daesh. Um, it's just it's a bad word in Arabic. Uh, it almost means like rubbish or trash, basically. And how do you pronounce that again? Just Daesh. 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 Yeah. Okay. Yeah, good, that's good what they. Know. Yeah, that's what they call them there. Um, so uh, that that came about because of uh, the intervention of the uh, the war in Iraq uh, that left it the way it is. Um, funny enough, last week we were talking about how Ted Cruz was. Ted Cruz even thinks that. It would have been better if Saddam was still in power. Um, better overall, anybody sh should be able to agree with that. Um, I, I absolutely yes, because Saddam Hussein, while an awful individual, yeah, was much like Assad, who I believe, even though apparently he is a great ophthalmologist, is an off. Awful. Like Rand Paul? Is Rand Paul an ophthalmologist? Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so, yeah, so is the son. <laughs> well, I like him now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All eye doctors, apparently fantastic people, um, <laughs> unless you commit genocide. Um, but uh, Assad was keeping everything in control, at least, and now there's just zero control, much like with Iraq, where Hussein, a terrible genocidal maniac mm. was able to keep everything yeah. stable well, which we have not been able to reproduce since he has left power which oddly enough because of us throwing him out of power we got ISIS Yes, um, which we then armed ISIS to fight Assad while Russia <laughs> was helping Assad and we were fighting ISIS in other places, but arming them there. I hope you guys are uh, tracking all that. Right, which basically, and I know that at least my father would disagree with this, <laughs> we need to stop intervening in the Middle East. Yeah. <laughs> because we can't seem to make up our minds, even a little bit, on who we are supporting where, because we're supporting people some places, but fighting them others. And it's just a complete mess. Yeah, we did the same thing in Iraq, um, way way above my pay grade, and also before I uh, enlisted. I was, still, I was too young. I enlisted in 2008. Um, but before that, like before the, um, the uh, 2007, we had the surge. The, the big, big surge into Iraq. Um, that was shocking off, right? Mm -hmm. did that? Yeah. A, lot of, a lot of what was going on over there happened because we kept juggling alliances between uh, Shiite tribes and Sunni tribes, and we couldn't make up our mind, and that got people, you know, really pissed off. Um, besides the, you know, um, the Abu Ghraib prison scandal, that was going to piss people off. You know what that is, right? Uh no. You know? What, what is the Abarisk? <laughs> most, most people really don't know. Um, you might, if I tell you, the Abu Ghraib prison scandal is when they, um, there, there, was, there, there was a prison in Iraq that was run by, uh, I think it was an MP unit, and those pictures that came out. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay, well, yes. Yeah, I think, yeah, everyone's. Right. Yeah. Um, that would piss people off, you know? Absolutely. Um, 
So all of that together is what, what caused the, the shitstorm that happened in Iraq. Um, so like intervention just w w does not help. Um, and um, juggling alliances like that so much is going to cause problems. Uh, you can even say we did the same thing in Afghanistan. We just can't make up our minds. And it, that's, that's why it's better to just not get into any entangling uh, alliances and just maintain neutrality and not support anybody over anybody else because you got to be able to take off your America hat and put on your Middle Eastern or Muslim hat and just look at it through their eyes and shoes and think, hey, is it is it weird that a random foreign nation is, um, you know, uh, interfering in what's going on in our country? Um, you know, they're supporting these other guys and we don't like these other guys. So now we're going to get guns and we're going to shoot their guys. That's why it's bad, you know? Right. And whether you are more left-leaning or more right-leaning, whether you like Obama and hate Trump or vice versa or don't give a rat's ass about either one of them, if Trump or Obama was doing something that we did not like and some other country in the world will, just for complete sarcasm's sake, say France – uh, didn't like what they were doing, and France sent troops over. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't want France here meddling in the affairs of America. Mm -hmm. And I feel that most countries kind of feel the France. same way. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because sometimes you <laughs> have to be bombastic in your examples to show sarcasm, <laughs> which we'll get to later. Um, but I wouldn't want them here. Uh, I wouldn't want their... I wouldn't want their militaries to have bases here. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't want uh, them to have us as a stronghold. Or straight up support them even without a military. Like right. send over money and funds and public, you know, just support. Like, hey, we're with you sort of thing. Because that's, that's what we also do sometimes. Right. So, I am a... But wouldn't Russia be a better example of meddling in American affairs? <laughs> Everybody's a yeah. Russian hacker. Every, every, I think both you and I are on the list of Russian hackers that uh, cost the DNC this election. Yeah, we're sorry, guys. Yeah, that's that's actually our fault. We take blame right now for it. Um, and this isn't actually on our topic, but topic list. But let's just talk about it real quick. Mm -hmm. um, with the Russian hacks that are so horrible. Nobody has said that they've hacked the election. Mm -hmm. They've only said that they hacked the DNC, but nobody in the DNC has denied any of the emails that have come to light because of the hack. So they're saying that Russia has changed the course of the election by telling us the truth. Pretty much, yeah. Is what I get from that. Mm -hmm. And Elizabeth Warren did say that you can't hack the election. Yeah, it, <laughs> CNN did a, uh article earlier last week saying... No, you cannot hack the election. Exactly. So what the hack was all about was the DNC hack, which showed us the emails that so many people got upset about. And that is what cost the DNC the election, many people feel, mm -hmm. even though I'm not 100% convinced on that. Um, but we're like completely off topic. <laughs> completely off topic. <laughs> but I'm okay with this. Yeah. We're, we're literally shooting from the hip. Well, let's just go no, back. No, we are figuratively shooting from the yeah. hip. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's just go back because we're talking about troops and, and support for 
uh, a diff different factions in your own country. Um, we're also doing the same thing in Yemen right now, and we did the same thing in uh, Libya, uh, which people like McCain was for it. Uh, who's our guy here? Senator. Uh, yeah, uh, Rubio. Rubio. Oh, yeah. And Good old Marco. Yeah, Marco and... Marco Polo Rubio. And then this actually ties us back in with Clinton, um, which Clinton was is really for all of that. I, I seriously don't see how... Uh, let's talk about the election. Fuck it. Um, <laughs> okay, so I really don't understand. And my parents had this argument of like... Trump says mean things. I'm sure everyone's heard that by now on either what? side. Yeah. Trump says mean things? <laughs> but, Where have I been? When did, is this new? It's This This just came out on a Breitbart article. Oh, wow. Well, I'm surprised they said that. Well, obviously Breitbart's hashtag fake news. Yeah. <laughs> but um, whatchamacallit. Um, how, I don't understand how people justify... That because Trump says mean things, it's okay to vote for Clinton. Like, man, I, I don't know what the election. Oh my god. Uh, um, why would you support somebody that was pro all of that stuff? And that includes Bernie Sanders. But I give, I'll just give him some leeway for now. Um, whatever. Well, I mean, you can. I won't. Bernie Sanders got bought out by the DNC. So did Jill Stein. Yeah. After the election. Yeah. And Bernie Sanders rolled over and said I'll do whatever you want me to do and then he did yeah and Jill Stein said oh you need me to do a recount absolutely I'll do a recount if you will give mm -hmm. us money so we can have a better uh campaign in 2000 which got Trump votes which got Trump yeah which Trump ended up getting votes and in Detroit did you hear about Detroit no in Detroit more people voted for Hillary Clinton. Oh, then there were actual there voters. Were actual voters <laughs> yeah. in Detroit. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I heard that one. Right. So, <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> this recount was the only reason they did this recount was to try to delegitimize Trump's presidency. Mm -hmm. They wanted to hopefully get him away from the two seventy. So. The House would have to pick. Yep. Yeah. Who would be president? Which they would have picked Trump, and mm -hmm. but the history books would always say he lost the popular vote and he did not reach the two seventy. Yep. Yeah. And the House had to pick a Republican-controlled House had to pick it. Mm -hmm. That would have been their way of messing with history. Yep. Or I don't know, President Paul Ryan. That or, would have been cool. He would maybe he would grow his beard again. Possibly. And then we could have had the first bearded president since about 1890. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That sounds about right. Right. Um, but yeah, like, they, they sold out. And I don't know how people deny that. Um, right. And many of my friends are Bernie supporters who became Jill supporters after he sold out. And many of them stuck with Bernie after and said, no, he's doing this correctly. He's doing everything right. Don't worry. There's still a chance he's going to win. And as a libertarian, I hold on to very thin strings of hope mm -hmm. all the time. And <laughs> it and it was definitely um, interesting to watch Democrats holding on to those thin lines of hope as yep. I have grown accustomed. Welcome to the club. Right. Yeah. Um, because. 2008, you know, like going back to the selling out thing, uh, Ron Paul never sold out to John McCain. 
ever. And Ron Paul didn't sell out in 2012 to Mitt Romney. No. Nope. And everybody thought that was awesome, whether they liked him or not. Right. Everybody. So why is it so different now when, when Bernie does it? And they're like, well, he had to pick a side. And it's like, no, he, he didn't have he to did pick. Not. He didn't have to do anything. He could have just went back to Congress. Even this, even this year, uh, Ron Paul, in an interview that you told me about, uh, when they asked him who he voted for, <laughs> when they asked him who he voted for, he said, um, he said, well, yeah, I didn't vote for Trump or Clinton or Gary Johnson. He goes, oh, did you vote for yourself? And he said, nope. <laughs> he said, no, he did not vote for himself. But he said he did vote for somebody with the last name. Yep. <laughs> which I thought that was a very cool yep. thing for him to do yeah. to support his son. Yeah. Um, it's good to remain philosophically consistent. That's that's how you're able to sell your philosophy, in my opinion. Absolutely. Don't go like I, I I'd never go back on anything I say unless I'm wrong, which I am also willing to admit if I'm wrong on something. I'll never I'll never go back and forth on different things. Like you didn't see me jump from Rand to anybody else, um, or back in 2012 Gary Johnson to anybody else. He definitely has not jumped from Rand. His car is sitting outside of my house right now, and it is plastered with Rand Paul stickers all over it. There is no doubt who he was supporting in the election. Yeah, I'm not taking those off. <laughs> <laughs> because 2020, a, a clearer vision for America, right? Eye uh, doctors again. Right. <laughs> um. <laughs> so uh, we, we do need to move on. Um, so... With absolutely zero segue, we're going to go straight into the next thing, and we're going to talk about a fun conversation that you had on Facebook this week. Yeah, yeah. Now, you had posted on on Zach Kami Chorus's wall. Yeah, he's my communist, our communist our friend. Our communist friend. We talk about him on the show from time to time. Uh, you posted on Zach Kami Chorus's wall uh, that Elon Musk mm -hmm. had been appointed to Trump's advisory. Yeah, something like that. Right. Yeah. And a person that we both sort of know. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I never met the guy, but he's in the in this in the Kava he's community. in the Kava community down here, and I've I know him relatively well. Um, he said that he supported. Oh God, sorry, that sip of Kava was very thick. <laughs> And I did not stir that correctly. <laughs> Make sure you stir your kava if you are drinking it with us. <laughs> uh, he said that he supported that pick even though he was just another millionaire. Mm -hmm. This set off a 30-something comment yeah, argument, debate, yeah. debate going back and forth. And these comments were easily two to three paragraphs long each. It was both intense and boring. <laughs> um, <laughs> Because they got into economics, they got into economics. no. I got into economics. That's fair. <laughs> that is fair. Muhammad got into economics. <laughs> Education was brought up. The fallacy of we need to pay everybody a living wage was thrown uh, around. Yeah. Which is what is a living wage? If somebody can answer me that, I please comment on this podcast and tell me what an acceptable living wage is. $15, right? Or 20? $15 is what everybody is saying is the living wage, but what's it going to be five years from now? Like, or why stop? But who decides 15? 30 could be good enough. Right, 30. I mean, I'd be happy with $50 an hour mm -hmm. personally. Or 100. Or 100, $100 an hour. Imagine if we can all have 100 
bajillion dollars. That would be incredible. <laughs> I would I would be okay. If we had <laughs> All of us, dollars. by the way, <laughs> every one of us. But imagine what milk or gas or bread would cost mm -hmm. in those situations. And during this back and forth that you had, you were talking about how education is important, but you have to focus on important education. Mm -hmm. um, you can't. You were saying you need to focus more on business degrees and yeah. sciences and math. Yeah, that's one of the things I was saying. Um, and like, I don't want anybody to misconstrue what I'm saying here. I, I think all the education is important. Um, but this person had said, there's a lot of people out there that have bachelor's degrees that are still working minimum wage jobs. And, um, you know, that includes liberal arts degrees. And I swear liberal does not mean philosophically. It just means stuff like dance and poetry and, you know, English, stuff like that. The, the very uh, stereotypical one that people will say is underwater basket weaving. Underwater, yeah, underwater basket weaving. Underwater basket weaving. Yeah, so he said that, and I, <laughs> I, I came back saying, well, maybe, maybe students should stop going to Harvard for, like, these $80,000 lesbian dance therapy degrees, is what I said. To which this erupted a firestorm. Oh, that's really funny because of what's going to happen later. So this erupted a firestorm where Muhammad here, who is a close personal friend of mine, was called an asshole and a bigot mm -hmm. among, I'm certain, many other things. Yeah. Um, at that point, I just was skimming because it had been a very long yeah. <laughs> debate. Um, so... This is actually something that many people will do. Uh, it is something that is kind of uh, a characteristic of the left, I find, is that... I think it is. I do, yeah, I do too. When they are in a debate with you, when they're in a debate with you and they can't win the argument and they feel much like you probably feel that they are talking to a brick wall just as you feel you're yeah, talking to a brick that's wall. that's fair enough. Right. They will find one thing you said and attack you saying that you are a racist, a bigot, a homophobe, a Islamophobe, or whatever other Phobes. phobe there is that I think are just stupid words anyway. Yeah. But I, I implore anybody who's listening to this to not be like that. Do not automatically assume that just because somebody says lesbian dance therapy in a bombastic manner in order to make a point, they're automatically somebody who's a bigot and hates gay people. Yeah. My question would have been if he had said Nigerian dance therapy, <laughs> would that have received the same amount of anger? Yep. If you had said men's, 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 let's dance. just go to that. Right. Or native American dance therapy mm -hmm. or Aztec dance therapy would any of those things have caused the anger and outrage that lesbian dance therapy had. Yeah, and I don't get, is the implication that only lesbians get le lesbian dance therapy degrees? Right. Like, I don't, I don't think so. I believe that, I am certain I know a, a guy, right, I don't even know if there is a lesbian dance therapy degree, <laughs> but as was said in PCU, you can major in bullshit. You can major in Game Boy if you can bullshit good enough. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but 
uh, I don't. Yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> right. I get it. Yeah, but yeah, that's that's the point. Like, be taken seriously online and take it seriously if you're gonna debate somebody. If it's, especially in my opinion, if it's me, um, or anybody, just yeah. in general, you know, just like, in general, you. I've been I've been accused of being anti-women. I've been accused of hating the poor. I've been accused of being a racist, especially. You know, if the thing comes up of affirmative action because I'm not for it, um, I, I get accused of everything. And I'm like, wow, I used to think the same thing about Republicans and now I feel bad. That was before I was a Republican. Or uh, conservatives in general. I used to fall for that. And now, and then I realized, no, that's, that's not true. And now that I'm on this side, I, I, I'm getting it. Uh, um, but yeah, it's... It, it's silly. It's silly that people who don't know economics want to argue with with somebody that reads a little bit. I read a little bit about economics. I have to be honest here. A little bit more than most people I know. Because I read it for fun. I read it every day. 80% of my books are economics books. I, so, wanna, I just want to repeat what he He reads economics for fun. Yeah. As opposed to watching the latest Now This video or... Yeah, yeah. Up rocks. Or... Which, if you're not following the Mises Institute, you should follow the Mises Institute and on, on read their everything. <laughs> on everything, you should definitely follow the Mises Institute. But yeah, like have a working knowledge of something. Read Keynes at least to like read something and and, t- and tell me about it. Um, Communist Manifesto doesn't count, but Das Kapital would kind of count. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm serious. Right. Like something about economics, something Absolutely. even if it's wrong. So we have the same base to go off of. So, so there can at least be a decent back and forth. Yeah. As opposed to made-up stats and feelings. You can't just post numbers and expect that to do the thing you're trying to do. You can't just be like, well, here's a here's the number of degrees that are under the minimum wage. Look, what does that mean? Or what does that mean? Or making, you know, under 40 a year. Uh, what does that mean? Why? why? And it's, it makes no sense for somebody to just post that with no other information on the state, the taxes, the everything, right. the, what, what's going on in that field, you know? And that's always what happens when it comes to conversations about economics or the minimum wage or any of that stuff. I do hear that the field of lesbian dance therapy, though, is growing. Like, yeah. I, I do hear that there is a large booming industry for lesbian dance therapy degrees. Yeah, I think they all hang out at the East Starbucks. Uh, right, yeah. Or I the think lattes. they may work at the Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> not really 100%. But you know, there's nothing wrong inherently with getting those degrees. No. But you can't get, the, because that's the argument I was making in this, you can't get a liberal arts degree and expect a job to be thrown at you. That's just not how it works. Because we think... That the only job that somebody deserves to get is the somebody they earn, and you have to be adding value to somebody in society for them to be employed. So having a degree in poetry, music making, and all that stuff isn't going to get you anything. Getting a degree in music isn't going to get you anything. You can you can be a musician without a music degree, and most musicians will tell you that. So stop trying to defend or use the argument of people with these degrees that aren't doing anything. Of course no one's going to hire them. What are they, what are they going to do with them? Um, you're not going to find many doctors and engineering degrees uh, sitting around uh, working in some of these jobs. Sure, some of them might be. But again, it goes back to what is going on with that person, you know? 
what is going on? Uh, what why do they why don't they have a job? Um, there's so many different factors to consider that you can't just say blank number is going on. So then this is going on. Capitalism sucks. Right. Um, which is an argument I hear so many times. I, before I moved down here to Florida, I lived in Nashville. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Tennessee girls. Yeah, Tennessee girls. But Belmont University is in Nashville, which is a uh, very expensive private school uh, located there in the city that many of my friends went to. And I was waiting tables up there at a pizza place that was close to campus. And one day this group of people came in and this girl was really stressing out over finals coming up. Mm-hmm. And I could understand that because Beaumont at the time was about $120,000 for the entire, for the entire uh, four years. And she really wanted to pass. She really wanted to do well. And I, being who I am, told her, don't worry. You're going to be fine. Almost everybody that works here graduated from <laughs> Belmont with a music business degree so at the very least, you'll be able to work alongside me, <laughs> which all of her friends thought that was very funny. She did not. And she said, what's your degree in? And I said, I don't have one because at the time I didn't. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, at least I'll have a degree. And I said, yes, but we will still have the same job. <laughs> and, and I was not trying to put her down for her choices. If you want to get education, go out and get education, but get an education and Get a degree in a field that is going to allow you to advance mm-hmm. in life. And a music business degree is essentially a business degree with just more focus on how to book bands. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, like somebody on, I think it was one of my posts I made, somebody said, and I think they were quoting some kind of philosopher, I don't remember, don't let your, don't like, don't let education get in the way of your schooling. Right. Because that's always one of my, my biggest things. Um, if you look up the video on um, on reason. I think it's it's probably I think it's micro. Um, it has to be micro actually. Um, with the, with the skills gap, you know, like in, in America today, we've decided that it's good to tell people that they must must you must get a college degree. It's You're like, not going to succeed unless you have a college degree. Yeah. So then that just puts everybody in this mental box of well, I got to go to college or else. I'm a piece of shit and I'm not smart and I'm not going to get anything done when you can just as easily manage a kava bar without one or publish a book without one or whatever else Matt has done without one. Yes, Matt, Matt published a book, you know, Matt manages uh, a successful kava bar. Um, you can probably guess which one if mm-hmm. you've listened to this show. Yeah. Um, you can do a lot of things. Many of my friends don't have college degrees and they work for a lot of different political um, you know, nonprofits and stuff, uh, organizations, fine, you know, I'm sure I can get a job. I mean, I've been asked to work at some of them and I've kind of refused because I want to get my degree. Um, but you don't need, a, you don't always just need a degree for everything. That's just not how it works. Absolutely. And I think a lot of that goes to hard work, dedication, and passion can go just as far, if not farther than a degree. Like a degree may get your foot in the door, but if you do have one of these liberal arts degrees, um, one of these lesbian dance therapy degrees, <laughs> you don't really have a foot in the door anywhere and you will potentially more than likely end up 
managing a Starbucks if you like to work really hard, mm-hmm. or you'll be the latte maker if yeah. you don't like working very hard, or you'll be unemployed if you really don't like working very hard, and mm-hmm. you'll say, the job market sucks because I have a degree and I can't find a job, when it has nothing to do with the job market, it has to do with your work ethic. Exactly. It's, it's, all, it's, it's all about networking, and not just music, poetry. You don't need a poetry degree. You write poetry, and you share it enough, and then people share it enough, and then you write a book with all of the poetry you made, and boom, you're a published poet. Um, or a bard for Dungeons and Dragons. Right. Um, <laughs> um, which even my book was, it was a self-published book, mm-hmm. which started out as a poetry book. And somebody said, you can never write a poetry book because they don't sell. So I threw in a story around it. And it was just a story. It was my poems that I was like, okay, well, let me write the story of these four guys who all are going through trying to get off of using drugs and how they're all poets at the same time. And they all would write these stories and poems, and that was where the book came from. Well, this, was this like a Brokeback Mountain type story? It was not a Brokeback Mountain <laughs> kind of story. Um, it, it was about more like the brotherhood of friendship okay. as opposed to the brotherhood of love. Okay. <laughs> so you heard it here, folks. Matt has a lesbian dance therapy degree. I do. I do have a lesbian dance therapy degree, and it has gotten me so very far. <laughs> All right, man, last thing. All right, last thing. Uh, It came out this uh, past week in in an article that I saw, and I shared it immediately with my good friend Muhammad here. Uh, And the title of the article is, Court Rules That Police Can Force You to Tell Them Your Phone's Passcode. This goes against everything I believe in. This is absolutely horrible. This is horrendous. I do not... I understand that in the case of that they are speaking of here, the defendant... What's the case? Okay, so this woman was at a store shopping, Mm -hmm. and she noticed a guy bent over taking a picture with his phone, an upskirt shot of her, is what she believes Mm -hmm. it was. She yelled at him. He ran out of the store. She yelled at the security or the police or whoever was there. They arrested him. He refused to open his phone. The first court says he doesn't have to. Mm-hmm. They appealed it, and the second court said, yes, he does. Uh, he has to open his phone. And if the guy did what she believes he did, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying he didn't, and I'm not saying he did. We don't know. We don't know. If he did, he's an asshole, and he deserves to go to jail. I honestly 100% believe mm-hmm. that. I do understand how difficult it is to prove that Mm -hmm. without getting into the phone. Yeah. But I do not want the precedent to be the court can say, yes, you have to open your phone. Yeah. You have to supply your lock, your lock code. Even though they did rule both in Virginia and California that if you use the thumbprint lock code, they can demand you to put your thumbprint on the phone, much like a thumbprint tracker or um, anything along those cases. Like when they take your... Why is that so different? Because while your thumbprint gives access to your public records, the thumbprint on the phone gives access to all of your private information. Huh. 
It gives it would give access to all of your photos, all of your emails, all of your text messages, all of your outgoing and incoming calls, your voicemail, your bank, your yeah. Facebook, mm-hmm. your Twitter. And I'm just going through the apps that I can see on my phone. Mm-hmm. Your Broken Kingdom Legend of Oz game, which they might <laughs> play and ruin. Uh, your iTunes account, your Audible account, where they would see you read libertarian craziness. Um, <laughs> Your Bleacher Report, where it'll see your secret shame of being an L.A. Rams fan, or, <laughs> <laughs> or anything along those lines. No. Like, <laughs> I'm a huge Rams fan. I'm not making fun of them. I am just hurting this year. Um, it's okay. I'm a Buccaneers and a Rays fan. <laughs> I understand your pain, then. Um, but... For them to say that, yes, they can force you to unlock your phone is equivalent to them walking into your house and going through all of your stuff warrantless. Mm -hmm. Now, if they have a warrant to open the phone, sure. do you think that you should be forced to give it to them? Well, a warrant's a warrant, so... Right, but what's... They use warrants to get into people's computers. True, but what's going to keep you from lying about the passcode ten times and having your phone erased? Oh, that's true. I don't know. And what what are they going to do to you if you do that? I would do it just to spite them, to be honest. I absolutely <laughs> would. And I'm not telling you to do that, for those of you listening. But if ever they're like, well, the court says that we can take your phone co- you have to give us your phone code to get in. If you give them the wrong one ten times, your phone could erase itself. If you have children, I don't recommend turning that feature on because they like to play with their phones. Yeah. Um, and I've seen them lock phones for hours because they just keep mashing buttons. Mm, happens. It does. It does. Well, we are coming up on the final minute of the show here. Muhammad, do you have anything that you would like to add? No, just uh, if you guys have any suggestions for us, topics, any concerns, uh, criticisms especially. Um, this is only our third episode. And um, I know we still sound like we're, we're newbies because we are. Um, just... Tell us what you think, you know, if you don't like something, if you like something, all of it is welcome. Uh, we, we want this show to be as, as best as it can be um, for, your, for your entertainment and for even for our own entertainment. We're sitting here having fun right. talking to you guys about stuff we so like. I, I look forward to this every week more than almost anything. Honestly, else. same here now, yeah. yeah. I, never th- I never thought have, like doing a podcast would be like this fun, actually. Right. I don't even really care if any of you listen, but... <laughs> I just have a good time doing this, and, and at least I have a record of what I've said, so people can't say, you never said, yeah. I can never say, I never said that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we're, um, we're going to try to um, work uh, on our, we're going to try to get more equipment, we're going to have better ways to upload it, we're going to work on a website, we have a Facebook group now, and we're thinking we might start to do these live um, on Facebook. So and you also, want to see these two faces yeah. struggle through the half an hour podcast yeah. that we do, <laughs> trying to come up with what we're going to say next. <laughs> that could be an option in your future. Yeah. Yep. You can watch us do it live. And, we, you know, we, we'd probably still record this in the background and still throw it up as a podcast. Absolutely. Um, so that's For what we're going to do. Who like listening in your cars or, mm-hmm. you know, while you're at work and you're in a meeting or on the bus or your girlfriend or boyfriend is bitching at you about whatever, and it is just a much better thing to listen to. Mm-hmm. 
But anyway, uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you again to Low Tide Cava Bar for the cava that we drink during the show. One more time, thank you, Adam Freeman, for the microphone that makes it sound so much better. Thank you, Adam. Uh, tonight, if you are in Gulfport, please come to the Hannah's Homeless Charity Ball at Low Tide Cava Bar. We're all going to be dressed up and fancy, and you get to see me wearing one of Muhammad's very famous burgundy bow ties that he is going to show me how to tie as soon as we finish this. It, it was the CNN bow tie. The CNN bow tie. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. You're good. <laughs> Thank you all very much. We have gone a little way over time now. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Uh, we appreciate it. Can't wait to talk to you all again next week. And where we're going, we don't need roads. <laughs>